Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Andrew. Yeah. You got a spoiler cast theme song for this week? Oh, Chris, you better run. Josh Lyman's going to get you. <laughs> get out. Get out, Chris. Um, I, I always thought, I, I tweeted kind of a joke about this too, but every time I hear get out, I just think of Rachel on Friends. When she like hits people and she's like, get out. You remember never, never watched Friends. What? I watch good we're, shows. We're stopping this podcast right now. <laughs> And you're going to watch every single episode of Friends. How dare you? You only watch good shows. <laughs> Friends is one of the best ever. Nah, never got into it. I couldn't get past the fact that all these waitresses and waiters could afford that high class apartment in New uh, York City. Couldn't suspend your disbelief. Couldn't suspend disbelief. Uh, I that's, get why it. I, that's why I like shows like Young Justice and, you know, Batman the Animates. <laughs> <laughs> right, because those make so much more sense in the real world. <laughs> totally. Right? A billionaire can afford all those gadgets. <laughs> Welcome to the Sif Pop spoiler cast where the theme song is different every week because we don't want to give anything away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the spoiler cast is meant as an addendum to the full review, which is in the main podcast. So if you have not listened to the review for Get Out in Sif uh, Pop episode number whatever it is, 70-something. 77. 77. Uh, then make sure you do that first, because this is just meant as an addendum. We're not going to go into a lot of those review details. We're just going to hit on some things that we didn't get to talk about because of spoilers. Um, get Out is a spoiler-heavy movie. Like It's not one you Very can much. really go into a lot without talking spoilers. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, what are some of the things you wanted to talk about that we you know, didn't get to mention because of spoilers? So the basic premise, I'll just go through the movie chronologically. So it starts, it starts off, you, we're introduced to... We will now reenact the entire movie, yeah. the two of us. Uh, we're introduced to two characters, uh, Rose Armitage and Chris Washington. Uh, interracial couple, Chris is a black man, uh, Rose is a white woman, Um you can definitely tell that these two are madly in love. I thought the chemistry between them was great. I thought oh, it was yeah. real good. Yeah. Completely bought it, which is so important to one of the twists that comes later. Exactly. Um, and it's uh, shown to us that she wants to introduce Chris to her family, her parents, and Chris is hesitant at first. He's like, 
have you told them I'm I'm black? I think that you need to tell them. And her being, you know, a modern person is like, I don't feel I should have to tell them. I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. I should just say that you're my boyfriend and that we shouldn't look, that we shouldn't, you know, put you in this category of Mm -hmm. you are my black boyfriend. Right. Um, So she says, I'm just going to take you up there and introduce them. They're on their way up. uh, They hit a deer and cop comes. He's not driving but the cop asks for his ID. Once again, she is saying, why does why do you need to see his ID? I was the one driving. Why are you stereotyping him? They finally get to the By house. the way, by the way, important stuff going on there that we don't know about that maybe you didn't even think about her ulterior motives for not wanting him to show his ID to the local police officer. I think that this is a movie that lends itself if you see, if you watch it a second time, you're going to notice a, a lot, lot of, stuff of stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's and I think that's a sign of a good suspense, twisty, you know, thriller movie. And I need to say that that's a really good pickup on your part. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I really didn't think of that part. There's a lot of little stuff like that where you're like, you realize, you think it's it's you know her way of being chival- you know chivalrous is the wrong word, but magnanimous. Yeah, and and doing the right thing, but you know, really there's other motives. She doesn't want the police officer to know who this is and exactly. to have anything to identify. I guess I should also mention the very first scene of this movie is a young black man walking down the road trying to find his friend's yeah, house and yeah. he's kidnapped. Yes. by this mask. Did you think he was killed? No. I see I wondered if he was killed or I because I mean he's you find out later he just passed out, but yeah. uh like chokeholded or whatever. But exactly. anyways, um, so they, Chris and Rose get to their parents' estate and they, Chris finds out that there are some servants on the property who were hired initially for whenever, uh, Chris's or Rose's grandparents were elderly and they took care of them. There was a groundskeeper and then a house made and they're black as well. But there is something off about them. Totally And you know it from the beginning. Like, it is like wackadoo. Like, something's going on. Like, their mannerisms and their uh, speech patterns are not only... uh, They're they're out of time. Mm -hmm. And you find out later why they seem so... Like, uh, they speak in a 50s mannerism Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Find out later why they do. But um, right off the bat, you can tell that... uh, the, that her parents are, which are played by Bradley Whitford, as we said. But uh, I don't think we ever mentioned Catherine Keener is the no, mom No, I don't in think this. we did, no. So, yeah, uh, they find out that, we find out, I should say, that they're both professionals in medicine in various degrees. She plays a psychiatrist. She's great in it, too. I, is there a weak performance in this movie? That was one of my pros. I don't think there was a bad performance I, I in the entire either. movie. I really don't. Even the brother, he's a little over the top, but he's, I mean, he's exactly who he's supposed to be. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so she, uh, Catherine Keener plays a psychiatrist who deals in uh, hypnosis and the father plays, I guess, just a general practitioner. I don't He's think a neurosurgeon. Neurosurgeon is yeah. what it was. There we go. Um, and uh, then the her brother, Rose's brother, is wanting to go into the same field. Again, find out later why. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to just go ahead and say the spoiler so we don't have to see, keep saying you'll find out later why? Well, I mean, or we do you can, want to just chronologically Whenever, whenever it feels natural, we can, we can mention it. Um, but I guess I would say as we continue on, there what we're what's happening in this next section is pretty much just thing after thing 
that seems a little off, maybe a little racist, but you know, not, um, it's kind of, what's interesting is it's kind of the ways you deal with institutionalized racism where it's not overt racism, but it's like you, it's really interesting to see white people not realizing they're being racist. And I look at my own life and I try to think of, you know, the times where, you know, I have said something or, you know, um, you know, yeah. well, I've got black friends yeah. or, you know, that I, got black st- I would have voted for Obama for a third. Term. Right. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff. And it's yeah. like, I, th- I think that's really important stuff. Um, but there's obviously something sinister going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, what I find, what I found interesting during this, this whole time, and this is pretty early on, I figured out exactly what was going on. And I don't figure out how you, or don't know how you okay, so there it were a couple. There were a couple. I'm, d- I'm not saying I'm calling you a liar. No, 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 no. no. But. <laughs> there were a couple early clues that just clicked with me one was the neurosurgeon thing because he mentions he's a neurosurgeon early on Mm -hmm. and from that point i was like oh he replaced the brains in these people now so he there are actually several twists in this one of this the the overall thing that's going on here is that they are bringing black people here to be auctioned off to have their bodies used as a new body for these people, which, by the way, that's kind of a very Black Mirror episode. This could have been an episode of Black Mirror in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so he, Chris is coming here. He doesn't know it to actually be auctioned off to be used as a body. And so. Yeah, because Rose, his girlfriend, the daughter, actually farms, I guess you could say. She goes and she uh, seduces uh, athletic uh, African-American men. Like there was a scene where she was literally typing up on her computer NCAA prospects, yeah. and she was like, she was like, okay, I'm going to seduce him and then bring him up here to meet my family next time. Yeah, and then the maid was actually one of her friends, I guess, because she she keeps a memoir like little booklet of all the people she's brought up here and auctioned off. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because later in the film, the gentleman at the very first scene who was kidnapped, we see him and he's totally different. He's dress differently his mannerisms are differently because Mm -hmm. that's not his mind but there was a moment whenever chris meets that man where chris takes a picture of him and the flash goes off on his camera and whenever the flash happens he is reawoken to his original self that is one of a couple uh plot convenience moments that i was talking about in the in the uh, podcast proper that is like, okay, that's really convenient that you can just flash a light at somebody. How does that work? He's got an entirely different brain in his head, but somehow a flashing light turns him completely back into the person he was. In that instance, all he does is say, get out. But later on, he uses the same trick on um, on the, the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper, who is the grandfather. We find out, by the way, that the groundskeeper and the maid are the grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Uh, which I also knew pretty early on oh, you but figure that out you're you, good you, you know what the good. no i just sometimes it clicks you know no. the, the one thing i didn't know for sure until it happened was if the girlfriend was in on it or not yeah that was done so well uh, it, because it was so believable yeah she was so good for till the moment she said i have the keys right here and i can't give them to you yeah i i wondered if she was really in on it or not did you think like whenever he was looking through the booklet, like is she hypnotized as well by the mom? Yeah. Do, do we need to yes. talk? We need to talk about that scene first off. <laughs> yes, his that's first, true. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. His first night there, he goes. Welcome up to, to the spoiler cast. Yeah. We'd like to jump around. Yeah. Jump up, jump up, so and jump down. One of the things uh, you need to know about Chris's character is that he is a smoker, and it's clear from the very beginning that the parents. Uh, uh, 
Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener are not happy by the fact that he's a smoker. That was the other thing that tipped me off. That they're using his body and like, yes. well, we don't want you to smoke. We exactly. want you healthy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So the very first night that he's there, he goes out for a smoke. He's scared by the groundskeeper and the maid who are acting creepy as I'll get. He goes back in. Catherine Keener's sitting in her study area. She invites him in and... Without him knowing, she starts to hypnotize him, and she puts him in one of the most psychedelic trances. <laughs> the sunken down place. The sunken down place. Yeah. And yeah, where he just falls, and he's like, I'm paralyzed. I can't move. He starts talking about how his mo- mother was killed in a hit and run, mm-hmm. and how he did nothing to help her. He just watched TV, which if maybe if you can explain this. So he was at home. As a young kid, about 11 years old, he was watching TV. So instead of calling the police like, hey, my mom hasn't been home. Yeah. Maybe you should help me. Or- I wasn't totally clear on that either. Okay. Um, I Because th- it, it sounded like he's blaming himself because she yeah. laid by the... By the way, that's why the deer is so impactful to him when they hit the deer and it's dying in the side of the road. Yeah. Um, and also that comes into play in the... Uh, the you know the closing moments as well why he makes a choice he does uh to try and save somebody um and i I thought that was handled really well but i I didn't necessarily follow he was at home so how would he have known that she was in an accident exactly and this is gonna maybe we just missed it but this is gonna sound weird but there's something in the trailer that i didn't see in the movie okay and I, I don't know if I just walked away whenever it, uh, whenever I like went to the restroom or something. Mm-hmm. There's a part where he's in the sunken down place in the trailer. and a, He's in the sunken down place in the trailer? Yeah. Oh, I hate trailers. But there's a part in there where he's walking around in the sunken down place or floating and an animate skeletal corpse of, a, of a deer charges at him and roars and like does this evil demonic thing is that in the movie at all no okay yeah there's a part in the trailer where this the deer that they hit the skeletal monstrosity of that deer charges at him this is two movies in a row where somebody's hit a deer and then and and then it's come back to haunt them yeah uh with uh cure for wellness cure for wellness that's funny yeah, so that wasn't in the movie at all. No. Okay, I didn't know. Uh, Why was, would it be? That makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know, but hey, it was in the trailer. I'm like, maybe I just missed it. But yeah, it's like, it's creepy part of the trailer, yeah. So. Are you sure it wasn't from the deer hanging above the television? No, no, it was uh, like a fully bipedal, like, like skeleton walking towards him and roaring and stuff. <sighs> Unless I missed it too. It was not in there. Okay. So, um, and I did not go to the bathroom during the movie at any point. Yeah, so. I drank a lot of water. So, um, the mother hypnotizes Chris. Then there's a gathering of friends and, I guess, family of like this house party for the Armitages. Turns out that's whenever they're planning to auction off Chris. But this is whenever the daughter, Rose, says, We're going to go on a walk. We just need to get away for a second. Mm-hmm. While he's away, that's when they do the auction. I thought that she was. That's what she does every single time. Is she goes, "We're going to go on a walk mm-hmm. to get these people away." Oh yeah, it's all choreographed. Man. It's yeah, I think that stuff is brilliant. I I really do. And it was the first moment we knew for sure. So the the, the movie does another great thing where it um, insinuates guilt to these people. The mom is the first. 
Well, I guess you could say the brother is the first because I think we're we're supposed to kind of know that it's the brother that that choked that guy out because of the way he's talking about MMA. Yeah. Uh, so I think we assume that the brother is evil. Then we assume that the mom is evil. Yeah. Because of the hypnotizing stuff. <clears throat> that moment at the auction is the first time we know we, the dad. We know that the dad is evil as well. Yeah. And then finally that the daughter is in on it too. Yeah, uh, she's the, the last one. She's, she's the, the last. last piece. Yeah, the last domino to fall. So, um, yeah, I I I find all that. The way it, it worked, all that stuff, really, really cool. Yeah. And this whole time that he's visiting her parents' house, he's also communicating with this friend back home who's a TSA. Mm-hmm. He's the comic relief of the movie. Um, I thought he was actually really well cast. I thought he was great, too, because like we said earlier, every single person in this movie is cast phenomenally. Yeah. He's the comic relief. He's the, f- you know, the funny TSA is just as good as a detective kind of guy. My dad's a TSA agent, too, so oh, nice. I can make that joke. <laughs> um, but um, he's getting worried. because he's, he's starting like, to figure it out. Yeah, he's he's figuring it out, and nobody <laughs> believes him. Yeah. The only thing is he thinks that they're being used as sex slaves <laughs> instead of... Which, in some cases, that's the you know that's the truth. Yeah. So um, Just with a different person's brain in the body. Just with a person's... I don't know if they were transferring their entire brain or transferring their consciousness. They were transferring the brain. Are you he, sure? Oh, yeah. He cut the skull off he and cut the pulled skull the brain off. I don't off. know if they and were... He said, and he said something specifically about they leave in a certain part of your brain so, that you, can do, so you can do motor functions. Yeah. So they leave the motor function part of the brain, and apparently, according to this movie, there's part of you that resides there yeah. like you're in the sunken down place. Forever. Forever. Yeah, while this other person is controlling your body. So Chris is like, I got to get out of here. It's way too creepy. That's when it's revealed that the daughter's in on it as well. Um, the mother hypnotizes him again because she has a cue now that she can Yeah, she's do built into his brain the cue. tapping on the tea cup. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was saying earlier. Every single time I have tea from now on, <laughs> I'm going to get worried. I'm going to get thrown in a sunken down place. Mm-hmm. But... Um, he uh, gets strapped to a chair in the basement where he's finally revealed what's going to happen to him. He's scratching because of his nervous tick. He's scratching at the uh, the chair, and he gets like little cotton swabs, and he finds out that if he puts the cotton swabs in his ear, he can block out the, uh, the sound. This was another thing. How did he get those cotton swabs in his ear? He leans forward. How would you lean that far forward? So his arms are his strapped His arms are in. way out in front of him. But you can like lean down like that. You see, your elbow went out when you did that. Yeah, his elbow. It was only his wrist. So okay. He can lean down like that. All right. Because all only, right, fine. I thought about I'll it. eliminate did that you, one from did, my. Did you see me do that in the theater? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. Because I was I like, I was sitting in the theater and I had my arms on the rest. Like, and I'm like, like, did he throw them in the air and then just like <laughs> land them in his ear? Because I was sitting in the Here's theater. Here's the other thing. And I was like. How did he do that? So I tried it. I'm like, I guess he could do it. Okay. I don't think you could do it well. And here's the other thing. It's not going to block out all the sound. No. You know what I mean? Like even even a great uh, like earplug like, yeah. still would let some sound through. So I, you know, it, that was another one of those things where I was like, okay, fine, plot convenience. But I'm sure her cue would still work whether he had a little bit of cotton in his ears or not. Yeah. Suspension to disbelief. Yeah. <gasps> What? I don't know if it was intentional. I don't I I would love to ask Jordan Peele if this was intentional. But there's something interesting cuz I just th- you said cotton and it is kind of a cotton material. Like picking cotton is a very racial thing like you know in the cotton fields and that the mm. thing that you know they were forced yeah. to do would save his life. 
Like uh, I don't know. That was just that just popped into my brain. I may take I may take that out <laughs> just for the the racial implications, but yeah, but no, but that's I don't know. That's it's, it's something to think about, though. Yeah. Um. So he's breaking out. Uh. He, we think he kills the brother because mm-hmm. he hits him over the head, and there's a lot of blood. He should have been dead. Should have been dead. Yeah. Some sort of bocce ball to the brain three times or whatever. Yeah. It was crazy. Then he kills the dad with... Who is mid-surgery with the blind guy that wants his body. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And the blind guy actually... And I thought this was interesting. The blind guy says, I don't want you because you're black. Yeah. That's... It didn't. It doesn't matter to me. I want you because... Yeah, he was almost dismissive. He was like, I don't know why they do only black people. I don't yeah. even care. I don't care. I just want you because you have eyes. Mm-hmm. Not only your eyes, but you have a vision you can see things differently because you're an artist, you're a photographer, mm-hmm. and he he owned a uh, a gallery, and he's like, I understand the the um, the thing about a blind guy owning a gallery and stuff, but he said that's why he wanted his body is because mm-hmm. you have a, a visual eye that I really want. So then he kills the dad. He kills the dad by taking a mounted deer's head and he skewers the dad with the antlers. Then the mom, he goes up and east. sets fire accidentally to the area. I Why think that, would you have candles? Yeah, I don't know. There was no reason to have candles. Plot it's, convenience. Yeah, exactly. Um, then he goes upstairs. He finds the mom, and before she can grab the teacup to like knock him out again, he he, he smashes it. it. He breaks it. Yeah. Then she stabs him through the hand with a like a letter opener. But but he. He almost stabs himself through the hand. That was really interesting because she comes at him. Yeah. And it's like he intentionally put his hand up, put his hand through the letter opener to stop her. And I didn't, and he, no pain on his face yeah. whatsoever. He's just like, I'm done. Yeah. He's, he's insane at this point. Yeah. Um, then he like turns his hand around with the letter opener <laughs> in it and then stabs her with it, mm-hmm. which was cr- great. Mm hmm. Um, he's grabbed crazy, the, great. crazy, great. Yeah. Great. He's great. Yeah. He's crazy. Cra- that was a crazy moment. <laughs> he grabs the door to the front and he's about to walk out. And then the brother is still alive is trying to choke him out. Uh, he, every single time he grabs the door, he, uh, the brother kicks it shut. So one time, whenever the brother is kicking it shut, he stabs the brother and then he, then he begins to curb stomp him. That's, American that's, history X style. Yeah. And crush his screen. We should say off screen. But you hear it. Yeah. You definitely hear it. And uh, he finally gets outside. And this is a fascinating part of the movie. He gets in the car. He's driving away. And he hits the mom. Mm -hmm. Or the grandmother, I should say, who is the maid. Yeah, in the body of the maid. And he has to make a decision. My mother was killed by a hit and run. Mm -hmm. Do I... Let this person, who he doesn't know is the grandmother, he just thinks that they're crazy, uh, he, just some lady. He's like, do I save her life and leave her to die, or leave her to die like somebody left my mom to die? He decides to go back for... I want to say just briefly here that there's a moment in this movie where this character, the maid, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's about unplugging his iPhone and, yeah. and or his cell phone. And she says, you know, oh, she didn't mean to do it or whatever, and that's the grandma lying. Yeah. But there's a moment where he says something about leaving, and the person inside the grandma is, like, struggling to get out and let him know that he should leave. Yeah. And it was 
the most incredible piece of acting in the entire film for me. He said, whenever he, there's too many white people around, I get nervous. And then you can see that that person is getting, that person is starting to come from the, it was the sunken down It was such place. a perfect performance on her part. And it's key to him making the decision later because yeah. he flashes back to seeing, knowing that there's someone in there somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, so he puts her in the car, he puts her in the car. They're driving away. Grandma wakes up, causes a car accident. This whole time, uh, they're being shot at by Rose, the daughter, mm -hmm. with a rifle. Um, Grandma dies in the car wreck. The maid dies. The maid dies, I should say. And then Rose is on her way up with the groundskeeper, who is also the grandfather. And then uh, he takes out his cell phone while he's being killed by the grandfather. Flashes the picture, mm -hmm. and then. Um, which apparently turns him back into who he was originally. Who he was before. And uh, then Rose comes up and the groundskeeper says, let me do it. He's pretending to be the grandfather. Rose hands him the rifle. He shoots Rose. Yeah. And then something happens. Which you knew was coming, right? Like, you knew was going to yeah, happen. Yeah. Yeah. But then something happens. I don't understand why. And him committing he, suicide? He turns the gun on himself. Do you have a... Can you think of anything why he would well, do that? Well, I think that? the movie is is insinuating that he knows he can't live like this. Like that he it's but not isn't like somebody free at that point? Well, no, because well, maybe. I because the character we, we saw earlier, which by the way is Laketh from Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. Um he when we saw him earlier, he did eventually come back. But they rehypnotized him. They, they rehypnotized him. But I don't know. I, I think we're just left to believe that he has no choice. Like, he, he just can't exist like that. Okay. So, I think the movie is saying there's no coming back. Okay. The, whatever the Flash thing does, it's it's temporary. Okay. But I don't know. So, shoots Rose. She's not dead. Chris begins to choke her to kill her. All of a sudden, cop lights start flashing, and Rose is like, thank God. Turns out it's the TSA. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so this is one of my favorite things about the movie that we definitely couldn't talk about until we talked about spoilers. I love this ending. Love it for a couple reasons. It played with my expectations in two major ways. Number one, the entire time, as soon as he's leaving the house, I'm like, oh my goodness, this movie is going to end with him being convicted of murdering all these people. Yeah, I thought that and, as well. Right? Because, because the movie wants you to think that. Yeah. And it's playing with your expectations in that way. And as they're they're there in the end, and she's been shooting the rifle, and the other guy takes the rifle, shoots her, and shoots himself. Yeah. And you're like, in my brain, I'm like, just don't touch that rifle. Just don't touch that rifle. You, just so your, your fingerprints, fingerprints are going to be on that. Just I don't thought, touch I it. Thought it too. Right, because the it movie too. wants you to think that. Yep. And she reaches for the rifle while she's dying, and in order to get it away from her, what's he do? He grabs it. He grabs the rifle, and you're like. No, don't do that. Again, because the movie is leading you along this place. Then the police lights flash, and you're like, you think oh, it's my goodness, from the beginning. he's going to get in. But it's his friend TSA agent, and it was yeah. such a great switcheroo there at the end. And I, I really love that it didn't go where you thought it was going. Yeah. And, uh, and, and kind of pulled that one last trick on you. And then he escapes, and that's the mm -hmm. end of the movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't stay because uh, I had to go and watch Legion. Had to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was did you stay for like a possible after credits? There scene was I don't think there wasn't anything after the credits. Okay, I was in there all the way through the credits, so no, okay. there wasn't anything. Um, and that's the movie then. Yeah. So anything you miss that you you want to talk about in there? Any moments or 
I mean, I, I love the fact that the party, which... Uh, that might be my favorite part of the whole movie, is Because there's so much about how that party, you can re-see what's going on there once you understand what they're doing with the auction. Yeah. So I didn't know that part. I didn't realize it was an auction. Yeah. What was the creepiest part of the movie for you? I want to see if it's the same part as mine. The creepiest? Yeah. Ooh. Um... All the sunken down stuff was really creepy for me because there's something about being totally out of control um, that really gets to me. Mm-hmm. So probably the first hypnotizing scene was the creepiest for me. Mine was right before that where he sneaks out for smoke and the groundskeeper just starts running right <laughs> at him. I got goosebumps, man. That was weird. It was so weird. And then he turns around and the maid is just staring out the window, but she's actually looking at her reflection because, you know, that's how light works. Yeah. But, um, man, just that, I got goosebumps, man. Yeah. And it's it's really, it, again, all that stuff with the maid looking at her reflection, all the stuff with the conversation and with the groundskeeper, you know, while he was chopping logs, all that stuff is, when you see it in a different light, is so interesting. Did- you know? All the people who were hypnotized, like the groundskeeper and the maid, I know that there were performances, they were supposed to be portraying elderly people, but their performances reminded me of something you'd see in a Shyamalan movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's not how normal people talk. Like, I would like, that sounds like something like somebody was saying signs or something yeah. like that. But I loved it. The only other thing I would mention is uh, I talked a little bit about the metaphor, maybe being too on the nose, those kind of things. There's, the beautiful metaphor, once you understand all the twists in this, I think you can see it even better. For uh, better, But there's this beautiful metaphor about uh, the black culture feeling like it has to adapt to a white culture and become something that, that culturally they might not feel like they want to be. Yeah. Um, I cannot obviously speak to this clearly. I'm a white guy. I'm Caucasian. Yeah. And, you know, I, I and we're from Southern Missouri. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's it, it would be very... It would be wrong for me to approach this kind of conversation with anything but humility to say, like, I, I you know, I can't understand it yeah. really on that level. However, I do. I don't think that uh, negates us from talking about it. Like, we can still think about it and talk about it. In fact, I think it's important to do so. Do you think that this was maybe Jordan Peele's way of trying to give maybe white culture an, a glimpse into how, yes. like, African-Americans feel like they're being viewed by yes. white culture. Yeah, like, that they have to fit some sort of cookie cutter idea of of what they're supposed to be otherwise they're thugs or criminals they're only or, viewed for their physical prowess right. in some aspects. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. maybe athletes like mm-hmm. maybe uh, uh oh you only like uh, this African American because they're an NFL player stuff like that that's how they're viewed physically. Yeah. Yeah, so, just the idea that that they're supposed to become white people. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's a really interesting metaphor that, again, I think gets pointed enough that it becomes satire, that it becomes, you know. I never got that far into yeah. it. Like, I didn't think they were beating me over the head with it. I, I wouldn't say that. I, see, I wouldn't. There's a difference between being pointed about some, some of that stuff with the Lakeith character, where he is acting like, um, you know, the white man that has his brain now or whatever. Yeah. You feel, it's just very pointed. It's just very. Uh, on the nose sounds negative, but on the nose in even a good way where it's like, you know, the black man trying to act white. You know, it just it's it's very much OK. I see exactly what's going on here, you know. Yeah. So um, but again, I, I don't think it deserves the movie. I really yeah. don't. I think it, it can actually make it more powerful. 
there's a part where Chris goes to give like his character a fist bump, and he just grabs his fist uh-huh. and just starts shaking it. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's because that's a white dude. <laughs> that is that is a straight up vanilla right An there. Old white dude in that body. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was really impressed overall. I think. Yeah. Safe to say. Yeah. Um. Like I said earlier, I'm really excited about the future of where suspense thrillers and horror go from here. And where Jordan Peele goes, you know, if he can do something like this. You know, it'll be great to see him direct other genres, too. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, I think he's proven himself. Maybe he's a great director. Uh, he's al- he's also a really funny actor. So, you know, yeah. sometimes you just got to, you know, choose which direction you want to go or maybe do a little bit of both. Who knows? But good stuff. Good uh, stuff. Thank you for checking out the spoiler cast. Uh, we'll g- again be doing uh, Logan next week. So uh, we're excited to chat about whatever rated R Wolverine looks like on the big screen. <laughs> It'll be good. Put the R in Wolverine. Otherwise, it's just Wolverine. Wolva, Wolva, Wolvavine. 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 All right, bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.